how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Emma Chamberlain recently hit 10 million subscribers. She's the face of PacSun. She's the creative director at Bad Habit Beauty. She's the founder of her own coffee company with Chamberlain Coffee, and the list goes on. After Emma hit 10 million subscribers, it made us think about when Casey hit that milestone, and we started to realize all of the similarities that exist between these two creators. There are far more than we thought. The one thing we realized is Emma and Casey are both relationship-based creators. A relationship-based creator is a creator that can engage an audience purely based on the relationship that the audience has with the creator. They'll essentially watch that creator do anything, like drink coffee or mow the lawn. And that's very different than an idea-based creator. Now, an idea-based creator relies on their idea to find an audience, and the audience does not necessarily care which creator is executing upon that idea. I would watch anyone skydive and then land into a pool of sharks. Did that happen? No, but if it did, you would want to watch yeah, that Yeah, I was already right? intrigued. you click and yeah, it wouldn't yeah, matter if it was idea, me or you right. or... I'm in, whatever that video is. And that's what it seems like the majority of YouTube is right now. Idea-based creators. There is such a huge emphasis on the idea, the title, and the thumbnail to get people to watch. But if you look at all of Emma's thumbnails, you'll start to notice that there's something totally different about what she's doing. And it's kind of the lost art of lifestyle vlogging on YouTube. This is the stuff I'm gonna be filming all day, such as my cat's eating, me in bed. Uh, that's about it. Now these identities aren't mutually exclusive and it's more of a spectrum, but as you're watching, think about those creators that you would watch do anything. Yeah, like no matter what. No matter what they do. And if you have that creator in mind, put them in the comments. I think Casey Neistat could upload a video where the thumbnail is his face looking to the left and it's completely untitled and a million plus people would watch. He could upload a completely black frame with a period as the title. And a million people would watch. And I actually think that's a pretty good, interesting video. <laughs> yeah, that's a good video. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. You should take that idea. And if you're new here, I'm Samir. I'm Colin. And on this channel, we break down what's happening in the creator economy and why it matters to creators like us. And today we're going to talk about all of the opportunities that come with being a relationship-based creator and which platform might be best if you are a relationship-based creator. So hopefully if you clicked on this video, you're into that. Just make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and Colin, roll the intro. Hey, Colin. Hello. <laughs> uh, we gained 46,000 subscribers since the last time we uploaded one of these. You know how long it took us to hit 5,000 <laughs> subscribers the first time? So years. crazy. No, not years, but it took a while. I didn't anticipate that at all. I mean, we did, a th we did our $1,000 giveaway. We chose the winner. We've been having a hard time getting in touch with them. So I don't know if at what point we have to pick a new winner, uh, but hopefully we can get in touch with them. Um, and that $1,000 giveaway led to 46,000 people subscribing. That's how many people took action based on that with Mr. Beast. In that was one crazy. week. It's crazy. So many people. That video has, what, 800,000 views? Video has 800,000 views. And uh, just overall, it's it's been a really exciting week. The CEO of YouTube tweeted out that video and, and talked about it. Um, we had an interview go live with Nas Daily um, last week. 
that was that was super exciting. So it's it's been a really exciting time in the Collins Marriage HQ. There's still balloons up that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my wife and your girlfriend uh, gave us. Yeah, so. and and just earlier today we had a conversation about Crocs and whether we were going to buy them. Well, no, so, tell the truth. You you, you said. I, if one of us is going to get Crocs, who's it going to be? And you I basically you, just, yeah, I said, if, if one of us was going to get Crocs, do you think it'd be you or me? Yeah. So you, you were just saying I'm getting Crocs. Yes. Don't, I want yeah. because what happened was we were on a, uh, a very serious like pitch call the other day and I didn't know that Colin had gotten new checkered vans mm. and mid sentence, I'm talking, giving a pitch and I looked down and I, I had to stop. I stopped talking and I like gasped to see his new shoes. And so you have to warn me before you go into a whole new direction. And that's what I was doing. Yeah. So I'm just saying there's a lot of really exciting things happening around here. You know, it's <laughs> one second it's 50,000 new subscribers and the next it's the potential of Crocs in the office. So, so a lot of things are happening. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that's happening is we've been running our creator economy newsletter internally. Like we've been sending it out. It's, it's, it's been a really fun process. We've sent out a couple of issues just to our immediate team. We've started to uh, expand it out a little bit. I'm sending it out to uh, a couple other people showing some creators. It's really fun. It's like making a private video. Yeah. Sort of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we've made six or seven of these newsletters and it's cool because they get better and better each time, but there's only about 10 people looking at it each time, but they're mm-hmm. getting to the point where they're ready for people to see them. Yeah. I think we're, we're about probably 15 days out by the time this is, this is public from actually allowing all of you to, to check out the newsletter. It's kind of scary. I, I was talking about it as almost like a dress rehearsal right now. It feels like, like I used to act in plays when I was a kid and like, that's when you would get the butterflies when the dress rehearsals would start. And you know, you'd be like, Oh my God, there's actually going to be people sitting in here in the auditorium when I do this now. Like yeah. I, for months I've been just performing this without people in the auditorium. And we're getting to the point where we're taking these dress rehearsals really seriously and acting like we are actually going to be sending out this mailer at 9am yeah. in the morning. So last night we were up pretty late, late night editing a mailer that only nine people were going to see, but it was because we had to act as if mm-hmm. it was actually going to go out to thousands. Totally. I mean, that's the thing. It's like in a dress rehearsal, you don't mess up your lines. You know, I wouldn't know. I, I, I never acted mm. in a play, but I, it's, it's a, it's a you, regret. You heard about it? Yeah. I heard that those things happen. Yeah. The, they do these dress rehearsals. And- I just hope we can host the streamies so I can get that feeling again of like a dress rehearsal and being mic'd yeah. up and like doing a number, you know, like dancing I'd love and to singing. wear a suit. That'd be amazing. So part of today's newsletter um, was actually about Emma Chamberlain. And, you know, talking about all these different companies she's involved. And it it was actually the impetus for this YouTube video. So what's really interesting is that the stuff we're writing about in the newsletter can inspire the the YouTube videos. The stuff that we're talking about in the YouTube videos can inspire the newsletter. Um, But it's like extended takes and extended news and information. I showed it to Eric, uh, who's another creator, if you guys aren't familiar. Um, And it was really cool. The way he reacted to it, like I, I... I was kind of nervous to show it to him because it's such a new content format. You don't know how people are going to react. It's not like showing someone a video. It's like you hand them the phone and you're like, are they going to sit and read this? Are they going to like, what's going to happen? And, and the last thing you want is for them to feel like they have to be nice too. Totally. Where they're like, ah, oh, that's a cool little project you're doing, man. Cool email. I mean, the, the first person I showed it to over coffee just looked at it and said, I don't get it. What is yeah, it? Well, that wasn't and the best that, version. That was weeks ago. Yeah. And that has helped us a lot. But well, now that, that I hurt, you know, it was helpful. I handed uh, this issue, um, which the, the headline is cancel the brand deal, take the fan deal. I handed this to, to Eric and he was fascinated. He loved all the stories and took my phone and wanted to keep reading. And I was like, yes, that's perfect. So this, this, uh, this issue was all about Patreon's $4 billion valuation talking about how, 
you know, the world of advertising is kind of starting to potentially uh, come at odds with the world of fan fueled creators, as I'll call it, like Patreon, like even Clubhouse has added monetization now where fans can directly pay creators. Yeah, and if you're a creator that has a good relationship with your fans, you can transact with them mm-hmm. and offer them different things as opposed to being reliant strictly on sort of the algorithms of these platforms and, and on the advertising that comes with it. So, yeah, I mean, this this was a really fun issue to write. It was all about, you know, YouTube, how consumers have spent more money on YouTube than any other app. That's crazy in 2021. Yeah. So we because kind of you normally also, down. you don't expect to bring out your credit card mm-hmm. to buy something from YouTube. You just assume that everything is free or ad supported. Yep. So that was kind of a shocking number. Clubhouse adding monetization and allowing creators to keep 100% of it. It's crazy. And Patreon being valued at $4 billion and understanding you know, who's doing it right and what, why that matters to creators. So all of it is from, you know, creator's perspective. We make sure we build everything on top of the takeaways of like, what's the actual take from this news? Not just here's the news, but here's the news and here's why it matters. Have we announced the name yet? Let's do it here. No, no, no. Exclusive. Let's hold, let's hold, oh, hold, hold. Yeah, let's wow. hold. Really? Yeah. I was going to say it. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I think we should hold. All hold right. Up. So if you guys want to know about it, um, go to publishprojects.com. And put in your email. You'll be one of the first to get it. Uh, again, it's probably about two weeks out, aiming for first week of May to start sending out these newsletters to everyone. It's scary, exciting, all the above. Get your reading glasses ready. Also, another exciting project. Should we talk about it? I don't know what you're talking about. We're going to drop an NFT. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is exciting. We just saw a first look at, at the NFT. So that's going to come pretty quickly. And we've been working on that for almost six weeks. Like right when the initial NFT wave came, we were like, <laughs> oh, we got an idea. But Colin and I tend to be like overtly- uh, We overthink everything. Not and- just overthink, but like we're very, very intense about the creative. Like it can't just be anything. Yeah, It has to be good. We have to come up with the right idea. It has to be meaningful. But looking at this one, I'm like, this is yeah, this I'm really, excited. really cool. Like we've, we've been visually, working on mock-ups for the past month and we're finally at a point where we saw the first animated 3D version of it this morning. It's yeah. really exciting. Visually, it's so sick. Like, yeah. And I can't wait to tell people what you get. Yeah, like what it means and everything. NFT. God, it's exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of exciting projects here at Colin and Samir HQ. I'm having a great time. Yeah. I mean, definitely feel like we're more in startup mode than we've ever been where it's like late nights, early mornings, kind of like, whoa, we're just constantly putting things out and, yeah. and grinding. And, but rather that than the other way, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad that we know why we're doing it, what it's all leading towards. Yeah. So, you know, part of this audio only experience, what's interesting is it's actually related to the topic of this episode, which is around Emma Chamberlain, Casey Neistat, and talking about relationship-based viewing and in this context, relationship-based listening. You know, a part of this audio only is we kind of just like to free flow and, and open ourselves up. And hopefully you all who are listening find it to be interesting, valuable. Yeah. Uh, you, you would only listen because you care about Samir and I and what right. we're doing. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the title, what is the title of this podcast? Why I'm a Chamberlain is the new Casey Neistat. Yeah. So if you're listening in this audio only section, irregardless of what the title is, you're going to click and listen. And that's relationship based viewing or listening Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. Basically the last nine minutes or however long this was, you wouldn't probably wouldn't listen to anyone giving you those nine minutes. It's very specific to, to us and our relationship with you. And we're very grateful for that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really cool. And we're the same with the way that the way I consume creators is like, there's some creators I'll watch them do anything, yeah. but there's other creators where the idea has got to be sick for me to watch. And, uh, and I don't really care who the creator is at that point. So, all right, cool. well, let's, let's get into the video. All right, let's dive 
in. All right, let me just read a section from the published press. Some creators spend millions of dollars to make a single video on YouTube. Others like Emma just go out for coffee and take a camera. She's one of the few creators on the YouTube platform succeeding with simplicity and an emphasis on stripped down relatability. Where did you read that? What are you reading? Oh, it's from the published press, Colin. What's the published press? <laughs> Great segue. Oh, uh, we're the- such nerds. <laughs> All right. That's an excerpt from the published press, which is our creator economy newsletter. Uh, and that's what inspired this episode. This newsletter that was sent out was only sent out to our internal team, but we will be rolling this out very soon to everyone. So if you want creator economy news, if you want our takes on what's happening, subscribe to the published press. And the way you can do that is just go to publishprojects.com, drop your email in, and you'll be notified right as we start sending out the published press. So that stripped down relatability, if you think about it, that is really the core of what YouTube is and what it was meant to be. YouTube, their tagline for a while was broadcast yourself. And truly, that's what drives the relationship between a subscriber and a creator is this feeling like you know them, like you are their friend. I literally just woke up. So everybody like, let me warm up first. I don't even know why I turned the camera on at this point because I am not warmed up yet. Like my brain is still... um, so one of the, the first things that we talked about 10 years ago when we started on YouTube was consistent quality content. The thing that we realized was the term quality actually did not mean production value. It didn't mean the cameras that you use. It meant the value to the audience. If the value to the audience was deemed as quality by the audience, then it was quality. And that could happen in many different ways. So when we first started uploading YouTube videos, we were using a webcam. If you look back in time at some of the most popular YouTube videos, how the platform really came to be, Charlie bit my finger right? It was just like kind of a handy cam look into something that was incredibly relatable. Mm-hmm. And so the initial phase of YouTube was all of us seeing ourselves in content. It was the opposite of Hollywood opposite, at the time. Where it's like, here's this you know fantasy world that's very done up. Here's the opposite. Here's something that looks like my life that I can relate to. And that's still very much the YouTube dream and the image that the company wants to portray that anyone can make it on YouTube. All you need is a camera. You can set it up in your room and you can connect with millions. And that's what both Casey and Emma do. It's not about their production value. It's about their connection with the people on the other end of the lens. There's a garbage truck outside today. So if the sound is terrible, I apologize. And that's the first similarity that I saw between Casey and Emma is that that's exactly how they create. It's not necessarily about the quality of their camera. It's about the stripped down version of themselves that they're able to capture with whatever camera they're using. YouTube, I think, recognized this within Casey and within Emma and basically elevated them to be like a billboard for YouTube. They became Mm. spokespeople for the platform. Casey was invited to YouTube's Brandcast. You can see him talking on their YouTube advertising YouTube channel. And then you have Emma vlogging at YouTube HQ with Susan Wojcicki. I think the important piece there is not only relatability, but the actual opportunity for someone to replicate what they're doing. When you see Emma sitting in bed and, and talking, you're like, oh, I can do that. I have a phone, I could do that. And so the, the opportunity to inspire someone to create is much greater when it's Casey eating a slice of pizza or Emma drinking coffee than it is Mr. Beast spending millions right. to do some crazy stunt. You can't replicate that. And you know, part of that, that YouTube kind of, hey, this is our poster child. It is really important for them to say, okay- You can do it you too. You can do it too. And I think that's that's number one, is when you look back at Casey and when he was vlogging, he was essentially just making a movie out of everyday life. And it was unbelievable because we had never seen anything like that. 
We'd never seen what kind of looked and felt like our own lives painted in a picture that was a lot of effort into the editing, a lot of effort in the storytelling and the filmmaking. And so I think everyone could see a little bit of themselves in, in a Casey Neistat vlog. They could see a little bit of their own day in a Casey Neistat vlog. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing with Emma. I'm not gonna shower, although I'm quite dirty. Not in the mood to work out, so I'm not gonna do that. You guys know what that means. I couldn't help but think about this while we were brainstorming this episode, but essentially this style of content on YouTube is Seinfeld. And it goes back to that conversation that George and Jerry have about a show about nothing. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. No story? No, forget the story. You gotta have a story. Who says you gotta have a story? And when you watch Emma's most recent vlogs, if you showed it to someone who's not familiar with YouTube, not familiar with vlogging, not familiar with Emma Chamberlain, they would be like, what am I watching? What is this show about? I have probably 15 jars of peanut butter because every time I'm at the grocery store, I'm like, oh, I'm probably running out of peanut butter. When in reality, I'm never running out of peanut butter. Her part two of being alone in New York, it's a 20 minute video. The first five minutes are entirely about coffee, whether she's sleepy or not, or the weather. And then five minutes in, she goes, okay, what are we going to do today? Ah, all right, so what are we doing today? Yeah, it's a show about nothing. And that is the exact opposite of an idea-based creator. You click and immediately, it's like, today I'm going to skydive, blindfolded and naked. Right. And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's exciting. It's and like, then they get oh right God, into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that deep care for audience retention. This is a bathtub full of snakes. It's so different from a show about nothing, which is, hey, I'm hanging out around the house. You've done this before. I'm going to make some jokes here. You're going to hang out with me for 20 minutes and then go on with your day, you know? And at the time, Seinfeld was the antidote to everything else that was happening in sitcom mm -hmm. television. The laugh tracks and everything that was super scripted, super cheesy, shows that hated silence. Seinfeld came and flipped the script. And I think Emma Chamberlain is the antidote to idea-based creators and that movement that is taking place on YouTube right now. Let's just contrast some thumbnails. Let's look at an Emma Chamberlain thumbnail and what it looks and feels like. And let's look at a Mr. Beast thumbnail. There you go, right? Like you can see that is truly the difference. Relationship-based means Emma's in the frame. I'll click on it. I'll watch her do anything. Because Emma's in it. Because Emma's in it. Whereas in many of the Mr. Beast thumbnails, Mr. Beast is not even in the thumbnail. Right. It doesn't matter. It's the idea that is portrayed that will make you want to click. So these are two distinct differences on YouTube right now. And I think what's important to talk about though, is that when you are this lifestyle creator and you are someone who's just purely capturing life and relating to me, like let's go back to Casey Neistat mowing the lawn. You know, you have close to a million people watching him mow the lawn. That's like one of the most relatable things in American life is, is mowing the lawn. So when you are someone who can relate to me on that lifestyle level, I'm much more open as an audience member to listen to you and, and get influenced about my daily life. Because I also notice the weather. I also drink coffee. I also don't know if I'm sleepy or tired. Exactly. Like these are human emotions that I feel. I even was looking at Casey Neistat's Twitter today and he's talking about parking tickets. Mm -hmm. And then MKBHD chimed in about whether New York or LA has a worse situation for parking tickets. Like these are incredibly relatable things. I mean, this is straight up Seinfeld. Like, what's the deal 
with parking tickets. But if you if you watch Emma, it's truly like is that your Seinfeld impression? No, 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 it wasn't. I just didn't know if I was going to go yeah, actually yeah, into kind of like what's you didn't go the all deal in. with? Yeah, is this well, it? I don't know if that's it either. What's the deal with? That's nope. not it. That's nope. not it. I appreciate right? you going for it yeah, on that one. Okay, but that wasn't right. it. What is it? What's the deal with? Is that it? You get. You guys get it. I don't know. So I bring up this thought around lifestyle and being able to impact my daily life because it's such a massive opportunity. You look at Emma Chamberlain launching Chamberlain Coffee. So now you take someone who's mirroring my daily life, who's introducing something that I can consume in my daily life. That's the opportunity. I'll tell you what you need. Chamberlain Coffee mug or mason jar, up to you. Any Chamberlain Coffee steeped bag. Coffee, daily use product. She's partnering with PacSun. That's influencing my day-to-day style, right? Oh, maybe I will get my stuff from PacSun. Maybe I'll dress like that. Looking at Bad Habit Beauty, that is a daily use product. So you start to realize that with a lifestyle creator, someone like Casey, who was eating pizza every day, who was eating candy every day, who's showing us things that were part of his life every day, he also not only worked with lifestyle brands, but launched a company that was something that was meant to be used on a daily basis, which was a social media app with Beam. So the opportunities with relationship-based viewing is to actually get involved in someone's daily routine. It's a lot more embedded than watching some sensational YouTube video. So when your content is about being relatable and you get the cosign from YouTube, that means YouTube and other brands are going to push you into the mainstream. And that's exactly what happened for Emma and for Casey. Casey Neistat went to the Met Gala. Emma Chamberlain gets to go to Fashion Week. I'm going to Paris for Fashion Week. Yeah, I'm shocked too. Both of them have been on the covers of very traditional lifestyle magazines, whether it's Esquire for Casey or Cosmopolitan for Emma. And they get to interact with traditional celebrities like Kevin Hart's Mm -hmm. YouTube original show. Both Emma and Casey were members of that show. Like they, again, are the poster child that YouTube is like, yep, put these two creators in. They stand for the platform. Not only that, they also both worked with elite lifestyle brands. With Casey, you have Nike, Mercedes, J. Crew, uh, Samsung. And then with Emma, you have Target, PacSun, and even Google. Those are brands that are very unique to the YouTube space. You don't see Target integrations on YouTube every day. No, not everyone can work with those brands. And again, it's the people who have relationship-based viewing that can work with those brands. Because the thing is, if it's it's an idea-based creator, then the idea has to be commiserate to like the experience, right? It's all extensions of the experience for the audience. And if the experience is just, hey, these are everyday people, I can see myself in the content, then it's a completely different opportunity than I'm sitting back and watching the content. It's a more like lean back, show me something, show me something exciting experience rather than, oh, that is me. And another example of a creator who does this really well is Peter McKinnon. Peter McKinnon is definitely in the relationship-based creator category. All of his thumbnails have him in them. You're sitting there and watching him. Sometimes he'll sit in one spot and talk for 20 minutes and you'll just listen. And Pete's audience is primarily people who like to shoot photography, film make. You know, it's a very niche audience like that. But all those people have a deep relationship with Pete and want to support all of his projects. And one of his latest projects is with Nomadic and they're actually the sponsor of today's episode. What do you know about that? Were you segueing that whole time? Big segue, yeah. So Peter McKinnon and Nomadic have launched two camera bags and his most recent one just launched with a Kickstarter. They actually raised their goal of $100,000 in 20 minutes. And at the time of recording this, they've raised over $732,000 in pre-orders. But a lot's probably happened since we recorded. So you should go click the link in the description and see where that amount is at right now. 
because it's probably a lot higher. And by the way, this isn't the first time they've done this. The last time they raised over $2.2 million in pre-orders. So a couple things we like about this camera bag. To start, this is made by a creator and it's clearly made for creators. Pete understands that not every creator is the same. It's not really a one size fits all bag. And that's something that I absolutely love that you can customize it to your own liking. I love how subtle the branding is. It's not too in your face, but where they do have branding, it's just so premium. And one thing that's new about this line is the sling. The sling is super sleek. I remember when we used to go out and shoot more documentaries, we would have these like big Pelican cases and having like a little camera sling with your lenses and all your stuff. I think that's super cool. It's a very sleek item. So thanks to Pete and Nomadic for sending us the bag and sponsoring this episode. This is a perfect example of what it looks like when a relationship-based creator launches a product. Their audience totally is ready to get behind them. So yeah, thanks Pete and Nomadic for sponsoring this episode. Pete, you've been an awesome supporter of the show and we hope we can support you by telling people about this Kickstarter and the bag, by the way, is awesome. Phenomenal. Thank you for the bag, Pete. So Casey Neistat inspired thousands of people to pick up a camera and start making YouTube videos, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. Emma Chamberlain has done a very similar thing. Like there is a whole genre mm -hmm. of relatable content. You look at Ashley, AKA best dressed. Like if you watch some of her videos, there are so many elements of it that are mm -hmm. so Emma Chamberlain inspired. What about Kelly Stamps? Do you think Kelly Stamps is kind of in the Emma Chamberlain yeah, world? Yeah, 100%. Today I'm going to eat salmon with mashed potatoes. What I also ate yesterday and the day before. Does this type of content, can this work? Cause let's be clear, we tried to be lifestyle vloggers. That was so hard. How much cuff is too much cuff? Mm-hmm. You know? I didn't say it was too much cuff. I just said yeah, it's you totally different. It. You implied it's it. It's just totally different. It's a chunky cuff. I've never seen it. Chunky cuff, okay. Show about nothing. To do that though, uh, to replicate it at any scale is so incredibly challenging. Like the fact that Emma Chamberlain can control a frame for 20 minutes, that's just her alone with a camera and make it engaging and entertain millions and millions of people is one of the most impressive things. It and is it, an art. It should not be overlooked at all. Like if you have ever tried vlogging, you'll know what, what we mean by this. And if you haven't, try vlogging a day and see if you can put it together in a way that's that engaging. So I think that at the time where Casey was vlogging a lot, everyone wanted to be a lifestyle vlogger. I mean, including us. We were like, oh, cool. That's what we'll do. We'll talk about our life every day. To make that interesting is nearly impossible, I would say. And then we all realized that we had to give some value because we weren't inherently entertaining yeah. just with a camera and ourselves. If a creator is starting tomorrow, what should they be thinking about? If they're like, I kind of want a lifestyle vlog, but it's hard to do, you know, and, and maybe it doesn't get as much viewership on YouTube anymore. Like, is, is YouTube still the space for this type of creator? If you're already super large, but that's not what we're talking about. Like, we're talking about a new creator. I don't think you can come onto the platform and just start with relationship-based content. You need to have an idea that's exhibited in the title of thumbnail to get people through in the door. You have to. Yeah, and I, so I think I that's think why so. a lot of creators who are best suited to be relationship-based may shift to other platforms to other platforms where people are consuming more voraciously and not looking for content that is as wrapped up in idea as YouTube is. Like YouTube is just such a different platform than it was five years ago. Something that we also we didn't talk about is Emma started uploading to TikTok last year and her TikToks are also incredibly relatable. And she's able to fire out like multiple TikToks and someone who's that versatile who can control a frame can put up a lot of content on TikTok. She has 9.7 million followers on TikTok. So she's 
going to cross her YouTube audience on TikTok. And it does feel like TikTok might be the next wave of relatability and where relatable content goes. And where quantity wins. There's a mailer called High T uh, that I read recently, and they profile a creator on TikTok named Victoria Paris SF. And she is essentially, as they say, vlogging on TikTok. And that this is the future of where vlogging will live. She posts like 30 times a day and they're very stripped down. It's not like a super edited montage or anything. It's literally just her pressing record and talking to the camera, but doing it 20 to 30 times a day. That's crazy. So it's essentially the daily vlog broken up into bits across TikTok and being these like moments of relatability. And it's not small amounts of viewership. In four months, she's grown to 800,000 followers on TikTok. So the question now becomes, if you can make it as like a lifestyle creator on TikTok now, does that also unlock the same type of business opportunities that being a lifestyle creator on YouTube does? I still think that lifestyle creator will want to transition to YouTube and probably will be able to do so better than idea-based creators on TikTok because they have developed that relationship. And once you develop mm -hmm. that relationship, you can take people and your audience wherever you want. Yeah, I think the bottom line that I'll say is that if you are a relationship-based creator, you have the opportunity to build incredible depth with your audience and the opportunity to launch businesses and work with very top-tier lifestyle brands to introduce your audience to them. An idea-based creator can find high viewership, but might have a harder time connecting with their audience and being able to launch things like merchandise products and other things that actually inject into their audience's day-to-day -day lives. And so when you're, when you're evaluating who, who you are, there, I think there's a case for saying, I'll take less audience, but have them be more relationship-based than more audience that are only here for the ideas, right? And the two identities are not mutually exclusive. If you look at us, we are much more idea-based creators than we are relationship-based creators. But that does not mean that there are elements of both and that that could shift over time. At no point am I going to be sitting in my bed with the camera just looking at it, talking about nothing. Could happen. Well, maybe, yeah. It I don't could know. Happen. That could be interesting. Should yeah. I cut to that? Yeah. <laughs> you should cut. No, remember your TikTok about LaCroix? Look, man, all my TikToks are rough. You remember that TikTok? My TikTok is basically me thinking, am I the next Emma Chamberlain? Yeah, I, I've, I can feel that from your TikTok. You know what I'm saying. It's just that you don't have to necessarily be one type of creator or the other, but it is important to recognize potentially where you lean on that spectrum and which platform is right for you. So that's why we think Emma Chamberlain is the new Casey Neistat and why we think the next Emma Chamberlain probably won't come up on YouTube. She'll probably be a TikToker. And a huge shout out to Alice and Faye at High Tea for their article on this. It was super fun to read and also helped inspire the idea for this episode. So we'll put a link to their mailer in our description. And while you're at it, if you also want to sign up for our new mailer, which is coming very soon, where we're going to be covering the latest news from the creator economy, make sure to check it out. Link is in the description, publishprojects.com. One of my favorite things about relationship-based creators is that a lot of times they are comedians. Comedy is the most relatable format. And comedy is so based on... I've got a gripe and I'm going to tell you about it. Yeah, I have a lot of gripes. I know you do. You have uh, daily gripes. A lot of gripes. And one of them is paper straws. Mm. I know they're good for the environment. Yeah. I know they're good for the environment, but here's my issue. The bottom of the straw gets soggy and then the straw basically doesn't work. Yeah, might as well not even no, have a straw. Unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, might as well not even have a straw. E-meat is my gripe. Like nice to e-meat you. Oh, oh yeah. you don't like that. Well, yeah, like let's not even do that. Yeah, let's not pretend. Let's not pretend that we met in any 
capacity. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just, do we need, eh, it's a gripe. Huge gripe for me is when you try and choose a line at the grocery store and you think you're like, that's the line. It's going to be the good one. And then the other one starts going faster. You can never get it right. Is that a gripe or is that a mistake? (laughs) That sounds like just like a personal mistake. Hmm. That's on you. That's not on the grocery store. There's got to be a lot of good pandemic gripes. That's why we're not comedians. Yeah. I got a lot of Zoom gripes. I'm sure there's a lot of Zoom gripes. What's the Zoom gripe of yours? Zoom in general, you know? Oh. So if you've made it to this far into the episode, make sure again to comment below with a creator that you would watch do anything. That if they uploaded a literally a black frame with a period for the title, you'd still watch. So thanks for watching this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, and comment below with a creator that you'd watch do anything. Also, click the link in our description to check out the Publish Press if you want to sign up for our new Creator Economy newsletter. That would be awesome. All right, Colin, roll the outro. Nope, that is a you thing. I always forget that. That is All a right. you thing. Samir, roll the outro. No, I'll say it. Samir, oh. roll the outro. Okay. What's up, everyone? We have an update on the $1,000 giveaway that we did a couple of weeks ago with Mr. Beast. So we randomly selected our winner out of the 46,000 subscribers that subscribed in those five days. First of all, that's crazy. Second of all, the winner is the single mother family. Thank you so much. Amazing. (laughs) What are you going to do with the money? The kids are back to school, so... I have to go and do some shopping for the kids. Nice. I have three girls. Yeah, I have another one with a special need. Oh, that's so, yeah. Beautiful. So I'm going to do some shopping for them. I really, really appreciate Of course, you guys we appreciate you. And, and we've been watching your YouTube channel. You're, you're posting on YouTube also. So I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, but I really appreciate, like, out of million, million, million people, they just choose me. So who knows what is going to happen next? <laughs> Anything can happen. Anything can yeah. happen. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so glad. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, and enjoy the shopping. And please send, send our love to the whole family. Um, okay, I will. Thank you very much. Say thank you to Mr. V. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Okay,